This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Do you like now because I have a standing desk? You do. I've got so much more axes of movement. Clap squats. It's a much more dynamic podcast. Yes. It could be over here. Or it could be over here. I guess nothing was really stopping me from doing that before when I was sitting down. You could have just swiveled around. Like I I could have. I can be over here. And I can be over here. Yeah. You're out of breath after doing those three squats. (laughs) (laughs) It was the clapping part that got you. Just take a take a second. (laughs) I do I did use it um during the week uh, in a meeting when I was sitting down. And someone asked me a question I didn't know the answer to in work, in a work call. So I pressed the button, the height, the automatic mm-hmm. height button for standing up. And so my, <laughs> imagine me sitting here perfectly and the camera just dollies up away from my face until I'm out, I disappear through the bottom of the frame. So it's, it's a great, it's great for that. Um, Steve, tell me a funny anecdote. I want to try something. A funny anecdote? Like how, how, is your, how is your Halloween? Uh, well, how would you dress up as? I dressed up as a unicorn, but it was all. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shut up! Whatever you're saying, I got a soundboard. You got a soundboard installed into the Wallam Studios in our last four or five episodes. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like that guy in Parks and Rec with the douche. <laughs> Have you got toilet yeah. flush noises? No. Ah. I tried to keep it classy as like, okay, I won't, I won't put on any like gross, like fart sounds right now. I'll, I'll try and keep it more pleasant for our listeners. Oh, that, that wasn't the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got, the, I got a, I got a stream deck from um, Jaren Keen and uh, I found uh, they Jerry showed me how to rig it up as like a soundboard. So I've just got lots of lots of sounds in here that I thought could, you know, the, the last few episodes could really up the production values. I feel like this is what's been holding us back. So and maybe maybe this is giving me a second wind, and I want to do another 137 episodes. Or I think more likely is that what you want to do is you want to become a streamer. You want to move to video. You want to have a tiny little image of you down in the corner as you're playing games. Mostly just uh, what's that stupid Nintendo one called? <laughs> <laughs> hey No not that one <laughs> That's great <laughs> I don't know how to stop it <laughs> Hang on uh, uh, <laughs> okay, Is this the full need- 30 seconds? Uh, <laughs> if you, Maybe this is a good time if you need to go do something While I try and figure out Okay, it's only three seconds left. Okay. Hey, don't press go. that one again. I, look, I'm not, oh shit. <laughs> uh, okay, there we go. Are these going on to your audio track? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Otherwise it'd be just absolute gibberish. You have to do a lot of editing then. It wouldn't be that fun at all. No, no, not at all. Um, I have one more in here. Uh, I've got more. I might sprinkle them throughout the episode, keep things fresh. Um, but I've got my favorite uh, late, late show interaction. Do you remember when that drunk lad got up on stage and started harassing Pat Kenny? I don't fully remember, no. Yeah. <laughs> this guy just start, gets, he's drunk out of his mind and he gets up on stage and just starts pointing and shouting at Pat Kenny and Pat Kenny just says, thank you. <laughs> Listen. How are You're you? a censor. How dare you? 
Uh, what? Gayburn and you are um, you're unstoppable arseholes. You arseholes. Thank you very much. You piece of shit. <laughs> Insufferable arseholes. Thank you very much. I think he piece called them shit. censors at the start, did he? Yeah, he did. I don't know what it's about. I didn't look into it. I just it's, a, it's just very funny to me. Uh, some people get very riled up. There's a whole different um, Ireland out there that we're not a part of. How so? People that get animated about things like the Late Late Show and Joe Duffy oh, and Ire- Joe Ireland, Duffy. Ireland's own magazine and stuff like that. <sighs> yeah. I mean, Joe Duffy is its own thing. We could have nearly done an episode on the best of Joe Duffy. Yeah. And like how, how like what kind of pulse check it is for the nation of Ireland. I listened to it over the summer when I was driving back from Donegal and it was the first time I've listened to it in a long time. And we only like, mm. I think it was on after the news. And then he talked, he's like, oh, we have these things about conflict with the church and we'll talk about people's thoughts about that and blah, blah, blah. And a story about a cow that fell into the water and had to swim to safety. All come up now on Liveline. <laughs> so we, we fucking sat there and we listened to all these dickheads talking about communions and, and COVID regulations and they never fucking got to the cow story. This thing is already paying for itself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Look, we'll go to the theme music. Just uh... my wife. (laughs) (laughs) What did you put that one in? Why did I put what one in? Borat. My wife. Because <laughs> it's it's timeless. Oh yeah, comedy. sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh. My wife. See, they love it. <laughs> Look. Oh, fuck. Stop pressing that one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> have you got have you got Digimon on there? No, um, I recently bought our, our friend Nick a Digimon for his birthday, uh, and like a little Tamagotchi Digimon device. No way! Yeah, yeah, they still sell, they still make them, still sell them. Um, but what they've done is they've I don't know if you ever remember the old Tamagotchis, the old Digimon Tamagotchis. Yeah, yeah, they were uh, great. The, yeah, they've the they've kind of relaunched them and remade them, and um, but they've adjusted the timescales for a. a a more modern attention span <laughs> so the, 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 your little creatures grow up and evolve really really quickly like over a day uh, over like a couple hours oh, for like i days. gave it to him uh we were driving to a pumpkin patch last weekend and like by the time we got to the pumpkin patch the thing had already gotten like all roided up so <laughs> it's now is a great time to get into digimon if you ever if you ever wanted digimon 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 ridiculous show uh god steve we're coming to the end and not many of these left uh i'm desperately searching my soundboard to see if i have any sad sounds but i don't i was just about to say like i, I don't know if i'm supposed to react to it or if you're just like <laughs> are you lining me up or the soundboard <laughs> maybe, maybe it's good i didn't have this at the start because yeah you're right it, do, it does kind of put you on your edge because now there's a third host <laughs> It's like that fucking robot back again. But yeah, this is the part of the show where we'd ask, historically would have, you know, asked you to give us a pint or to subscribe to Headstuff Plus, but sure, just nary a point to doing that now. No. N- nary? Did I use that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never said. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, so I don't know. What should people spend that five quid on instead? What's a better use? Whatever they want. Any good, any hot Bitcoin? <laughs> any hot crypto out there? Uh, I have no idea. You're not launching a, St- a Steve coin? Oh yeah, it, it flopped. <laughs> it, was it, was br- it was briefly adopted as the official currency of a small nation in, in, in the uh, Pacific, but... Um, no way. The, the, the nation is now underwater, so. Oh, un- unrelated. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, uh-huh. <laughs> because they they built such a large server farm to mine these Steve coins. <laughs> it just melted through the center of the ice. It just went down. It got so hot, it just went down. <laughs> oh, that's what happened to Atlantis. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so maybe I'd instead of that fiver, uh, throw it into either some failing meme coins or, I don't know. A charity. Well, buy, a, buy a Digimon. Buy a Digimon. Bringing it um, back. Yeah, they're, 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 they're not that annoying. Do you have <laughs> one? Huh? Do you have one? No, I'm going to get one so I can battle Nick because yeah. I got it for him and he got really into it, but it, there's no fun unless you can actually make them fight each other. Yeah. Because this is the thing. It's like, this, it's a high stakes Tamagotchi because you can raise your... You know, in the days of Tamagotchi, you spend ages raising your Tamagotchi, but then you can just make it fight and you can kill another person's beloved. Yeah, um, and they actually die, don't they? Like They do, yeah. I mean, you can reset and get a new one, but like, you know that one's dead. That one's gone to, and there's no Digimon heaven. Like, we know this. (laughs) It's just gone into the infinite void. There was no Digimon Jesus. They were not saved. There was not yet, anyway. I don't know. Maybe this will be the inciting incident. (laughs) Excuse me, sir. Do you have a moment to talk about Digimon Jesus? (laughs) I think uh, I just want to talk around this topic because I'm not, <laughs> this is, yes. this is a Halloween topic. This is a scary subject for me. This is a scary topic. Now, I think we only did a, a scary themed Halloween topic once and that was when we launched, covered the yeah, alt-right the first for year. our first one. Yeah. And then like many other things we forgot. that we've, we just forgot. <laughs> we just forgot. We kept the America one going for a while. That was pretty funny where we would do another yeah. country's, <laughs> like we accidentally released a Russia episode on Independence Day. 4th yeah, of July was, and then we kept yeah. it going <laughs> every every 4th of July we would talk about a different, a different country, country. Like Canada uh, was, yeah it was North Korea maybe one, something like one that one of the years man who knows what a bad show I'm glad this thing's out <laughs> ending uh, but yeah this this one we so populism what on populism you uh, have been doing a masters for the past year. Yes, You're finished now. Finished, uh, and we were initially going to talk about it like sooner, immediately after. But my dis- immediately after. Yeah. But you, you got you, you got really sweaty. I, 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 I kind of freaked out at the top. Like normally, when yeah. we pick a topic, you have to think about questions you want to ask. I have to think about things that I want to talk about, and I couldn't think about a single thing I wanted to talk about, even though I had lived and breathed this fucking topic for a month. Constantly. Is that? due to the, the kind of dense nature of the topic or no. were you just kind of burnt out on it's normal so i was talking to a phd student who, who was studying in my subject and i was asking them a few questions they very clearly didn't want to talk about anything to do with academia because they were having pints so they're like <laughs> fuck off but anyway and they were like oh so you did your master's on populism um how did you feel about the topic afterwards and i was like i fucking hate it and they goes oh so you did it right <laughs> oh really yeah. Yeah, that's the sentence. If you live, in, like, if you live, in, how you know. yeah, if you live and breathe these things for, for whatever number of time it is, yeah. Afterwards, you're just like, I can't stand it. Really? Yeah. And do you, do you? How has that lessened any in the months since well, you finished, sure. or is it still? No, it's still pretty much like, ooh, ooh. yeah. But I can, I'll be able to put up with it now for a while to talk about it. 
well for at least the length of a of a podcast hopefully yes and we're, we're gonna keep an eye on you this is not this is not gonna be one of them joe rogan fucking five hour things either oh jesus christ that man that shaven ape he's pop he's populist <laughs> in his way yeah well i mean we can talk about that when we when we get into it but i just want you to know this is a safe space if you find yourself sweating again profusely we can take a break <laughs> you can go give hercules a hug is he there Oh, he's over there having a snooze. Yeah, he was out for a walk before this. Oh, uh, right. Will we just get into it then? Sure. So, like always, like forever, uh, we're going to start with the basics. So, what am populism? Unfortunately, this is an incredibly difficult question to oh, answer. For fuck's sake! <laughs> and Steve. most of the fuck. Hey. <laughs> In the academic sense. Uh, all articles that are written about populism spend half their time talking about the definition of populism because right. they find it really difficult to nail down a definition. So like even something like democracy, that's kind of a little bit flimsy, but still you can say, well, it's about voting for the people are in charge. They vote for the rulers. But with populism, it's a bit trickier. So populism isn't isn't something that a political movement will name themselves as. OK, you don't go out and call yourself a populist movement. You get put you, the, the the tag gets put onto you by other people. So as whereas you have people that say I'm a socialist mm. or I'm a libertarian, but no one goes I'm a populist. Or if they do, they don't mean it in the way that they think they mean it. <laughs> is that wait? Is that just a pure grammatical thing? Because populism is like a plural of like it by definition is like a a, gr- a large group rather than I'm a single. <laughs> where's populist. where's the popular front? He's over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. No, you won't. <laughs> no, I won't. I won't. Good soup. That's Adam Driver saying good soup. Why? <laughs> Are you not aware of good soup? No. What is oh, this? Oh, man. It's, well, maybe it's just a TikTok thing, but there was uh, a, a shot, a, a excerpt from uh, Girls, the HBO show that ran a few years ago, yeah, yeah. which Adam Driver was in. Yeah. And there's just him in a New York cafe and he just gets a, a spoonful of soup, puts it to his mouth, puts it down and goes, good soup. <laughs> Does this really aggressive, like, okay hand symbol? I'll send it to you afterwards. I'll put it in the show notes. Thanks. But, um, Thanks. It's become very viral. Good soup. He sounds like he's like saying it very quietly as if he's awkward talking about something else. You're like, oh, yeah. it's like someone's like, oh, Adam, uh, I'm pregnant. And it, even though I'm with you, it's not yours. He's like, good, good soup. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, as dense as and as hard as populism is, this this good soup meme has been analyzed to that as well. So okay, I guess we'll skip it. As well. oh, okay, fine. Sorry, <laughs> you were saying. Um, I was. I was. So saying, pe- I was people, talking people, around people, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were saying that it's hard to define. Really hard. Uh, to that define. people spend a lot of time defining it. They do. And it's one of the reasons that people like uh, uh, movements don't label themselves as populist is because. There isn't that hard and fast definition in the same way there is for socialism. It's like you can go, socialism has these ideologies and these kind of mandates, whereas populism doesn't, yeah. isn't as clearly defined. Well, there's two reasons. One, because in most Western politics, it's it's kind of a negative term. It's It's usually used as a negative label against other people, but we'll get into that. The second thing is that populism is never on its own. It's always tied into other things. So you can have populist socialist movements or you can have populist right wing movements. You can have mm. populist centrist movements. Like, can you? Yes, you can. Yeah. Oh, it's very. I, I just it's complicated, but you yeah. can. <laughs> yeah, right. populism 
like the easiest definition that I kind of got to after writing about it for 5,000 words in the dissertation was it's a thin centered ideology. So by that, I mean, it is really flimsy. You can twist it and shape it and, and, and stick it to whatever you want. It's not like right. if you're a socialist and you're like, I'm a socialist, but I'm all in favor of Elon Musk having billions and not paying taxes. He'd be like, well, maybe you're not a socialist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're a populist, you can be like, I'm a populist. I'm all in favor of taking all that money off Elon Musk and putting it into healthcare. You're like, okay. Yeah. And I'm a populist. I'm all in favor of Elon Musk paying no money. You'd be like, okay. <laughs> but they can, right. they both kind of make sense because populism, rather than being its own ideology or a set of ideas, it's kind of a tool. It's something that political parties and political movements use to communicate their, their main message. So it's kind of right. like a secondary thing that sits alongside it which is why okay. it's really hard to define. And there's also some people that think that maybe it shouldn't even be considered uh, like a, a descriptive term for politics because it kind of isn't necessarily useful. If it is so flimsy and can be applied to everybody, maybe not. But as we'll get into it, there is there is use in it because the one thing that unites populists when they come to talking about politics is that they see the world split down the middle between good and evil. It's called a, right. a Mancunian worldview. There's a good and there's an evil. There's a light and there's a dark. Obviously, they're the good and they represent right. the people who are good and pure and great. And and if only they would be left alone by the bad guys who are the elite, the rulers, the corrupt. They're these people that put themselves in power to step on the little guy. And, right. and they're the ones, they're the reason that you don't have a, a great situation. So... And that binary that goes for both like a left wing populist and a right wing populist, yes. they will each you have to have that of the other. Okay. Uh, well, not even that of the other, but it, like you don't have to have or that of the elite. Like, uh, yes, exactly. They will both say that there is another elite that is right. that is it, that they are standing against in, in as a representatives of the people. There, it comes. That's where the populist part comes down to it is that they call themselves representatives of the people. Hmm. The problem is, is that who are the people, <laughs> and who are the elite? You. Me. Sure. Jer. Adam Driver. Uh, <laughs> him. Uh, the cast, crew, and animators of... <laughs> and, and whoever else is on my sample. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's, where, that's where the tricky thing comes into it. And it can get, it can get a bit flimsy. And it, it does involve simplification of, of political messages. So... By boiling things down to good and evil, right and wrong, you're kind of like it's diff. It it makes it tricky to work in democracy because part of the thing of, of of democracy is is that if you everyone fights an election in their best with their best foot forward, and the people get to choose who they want to be the governors, yeah, and then afterwards the losers, the opposition, are supposed to accept that. Yes, but populists effectively say oh, well, we only lost because the elites manipulated things to deny the people their rightful rulers, us. Mm -hmm. So that's why... And we see, we, that's what we saw with Trump yep. and refusing to concede. Yeah. And Trump is... All that. Okay. Trump is... An, he's definitely a populist. He's like almost textbook populist, which is... Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he, and he almost doesn't have an ideology behind that. He almost is a pure populist in the sense that, like... It's hard to define what he actually stood for apart from Trump and being <laughs> like, I am Trump. I will, I will, I will get rid of them Washington elite and drain the swamp and I'm the only one that can yeah. fix it. Yeah. Insane. So, okay, before we get into specific examples, I guess, of, of individual um, people in a, within the populist idea, if populism is like a solution, like you said, if it's a mechanic, it's a, if it's a framework, 
what is like the core problem it's trying to address? Like what's the answer yeah. or what's the question it's trying to answer? The question it's trying to answer is that there is, a, the, the, the people who use it to, to push their politics think that there is a disconnect between the government and the people. Okay. They think that the people are being ignored, they're being ostracized and they're being ruled by people that don't understand them and aren't interested in understanding them. That's what unites them all to say that, but they're not actually proposing a solution to that. It's more that they're pointing that out as the problem. So, right. But then separately, if, if, if this populist, if populism is linked into other ideologies, so Jeremy Corbyn, he's a populist, okay, but he's also a socialist. Right. So he's saying the problem is as a populist, I can see the problem that there's an elite ruling the people that have separated from them and don't understand them. And my solution is socialism. Right. Or if you're Donald Trump, my solution is me <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, all my fucking corruption and all that shit that comes with me. Or if you're Marie Le Pen, um, we'll get into this as well. So populists don't necessarily have to be racist, but they quite often are <laughs> because... Um, you don't have to be racist to work here, but it helps. <laughs> well, it helps. Um, they do usually, as part of this this elite thing, uh, to, to make their messaging even easier, they simultaneously say that above us, there is an evil corrupt elite, but that evil mm. corrupt elite is enabling an out group to take away our, our rights and our freedoms and to make our life harder. So, and that out group is usually actually a lower class in terms of the pecking order of, of whatever society they're talking about. So for Donald Trump, it's immigrants and it's Mexicans and it's that kind of thing. For Marie Le Pen, it's Muslims. For um, for Jeremy Corbyn, I mean, this is obviously a controversial thing to say, but some people would say that he he said it was it was Zionism and Judaism. Yeah. I think that that's a little bit of a that's a that was a, that's a drum that was banged way too hard, and I don't think there's necessarily much credo to that. I'd say mm. it's pretty easy to say Jeremy Corbyn didn't go out of his way to try and yeah like say that the Jew the Jews are the reason that the UK is suffering. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He had he had problems with Israel and all that, but anyway, that's a whole different topic. Yeah. It's it's different to uh, Trump saying that Mexicans are yes. coming in, <laughs> yeah, the, they're and, rapists. And yes, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that judge he only ruled against because he's a Mexican. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then in um, in countries like Hungary and Poland. While mm. simultaneously, uh, well, in Hungary, they do talk about immigrants because Hungary does have, and um, because of where it's situated, it does get a lot of immigrants. Poland doesn't get as many. So they're populists who are in charge. Um, I can't remember the name of the party, but they, uh, as right-wing populists, they blame homosexuals. And right. Putin uses a lot of this as well. They say that um, the evil corrupt elites, um, you know, in Warsaw, who, who have run this country for 20 years, have taken away, have spent too much time giving homosexuals um, freedoms, which they shouldn't have because it's an evil and, and dangerous ideology. And we should we should rally ourselves to fight against it. So, I mean, you can basically you can you can pick any outgroup to be the people that you want to stomp on as part of your populist ideology. Mm. But this is a recurring thing, like within like left or right populism, there's there's usually always this elite like you say above yes like that's that's the, the one marginalized group undercutting not always so that that one's optional so mm. you can you, <laughs> okay. you can be a populist without identifying an outgroup um sure but you always have to say that there's a, a pure people and an, and a corrupt elite that's that's the right. one thing you need to have to be called a populist the other one right. is optional and it's it's a lot more common in western europe and in america than it is in other countries so populism okay. is quite big in south america um the uh the chavistas in in Venezuela and a couple of other movements in places like Argentina and Brazil, but they're very they were quite left wing um, people powered populists, and they generally didn't um, identify any outgroups as being the problem. They um, they were quite inclusive. In fact, they would actually bring you know people colonial descendants mixed in with indigenous descendants, all to say let's fucking get them guys in the capital. They're the reason we're all right, put down. Right. We mentioned we kind of alluded to you know Trump and Le Pen and 
other examples of like modern populism it, it does seem to me as someone who you know hasn't done a master's on this that it is like a rising thing like that this you hear more about it particularly since 2016 to me but has it is it so is, is it actually true that it has been kind of like rising yeah in the way that i'm aware of it or is it just that you know i've started doing a podcast in 2016 so i started paying attention no, to no. those things and it's actually been rising for much longer or it has um it's probably been rising in its cur- current form since the crash. That's it, it got a lot of legs during the crash. Like 2008 Yes, the economic crash. Okay. So because populism posits itself as a, pu- a good a good people who are being out who are being fucked over by a corrupt elite, the the financial crisis that happened across the world was a prime fucking um target. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it yeah. literally was a massive global recession caused by a bunch of Wall Street bankers and they were bailed out by governments across the world and people ended up yeah. having um budgets cut and taxes increased and general hardship and they couldn't get work, they couldn't get jobs. So if you were a populist, if you were a politician inclined towards populism, you grab that, you run with it. And they did. And that's why an awful lot of them but these movements they were around a long time before that. Like mm-hmm. Marine Le Pen has taken over from her father. So he's been around mm-hmm. for fucking decades. Um, I think Papa Le Pen. Papa Le Pen. Uh, <laughs> Not to be confused with Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> populism, populism has been, uh, it's been written about in Russia in like the late 19th century. It's been written about America around the same time. It, it has been around for a long time and academics have been studying it for a long time and the press have been writing about it for a long time. But I think in mm-hmm. this current form, it really has accelerated. And mm-hmm. the big difference about this iteration is that compared to other waves of populism, there's been a lot of cases of them getting elected. Right. Whereas they don't, whereas they didn't in the in the previous iterations, they're more on the fringes. Yeah, they were more on the fringes, like or a, they got yeah. they get taken into bigger political movements. Like in America, they got taken into the Democrats. Um, yeah, in other places, they they generally get co- got co opted into other broader political movements and just become a part of that. So you say when in America they got taken into Democrats? Is that like Bernie Sanders? No, no, this would is, he be considered a populist? He would be considered a populist. Um, and he might actually be an example of what I'm talking about, but I'm talking about like uh, 1892. This guy, the guy I'm talking about, ah. William James Bryant, ran against Teddy. <laughs> right, but he, when Bernie Sanders was just a toddler. Went, no, Bernie Sanders <laughs> is a, he was about finished college. <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> but yeah, no, Bernie Sanders is also a populist in the same iteration of this Bryant guy. The difference being right. that Bernie Sanders isn't a racist, whereas that other guy was. <laughs> he didn't. Right. He didn't okay. like immigrants coming in, whereas Bernie doesn't get into that. He's he's a socialist, a hundred percent. But he does use populism to push his message. Right. Is like populism a taboo term? Because it feels like it is taboo to, uh, taboo term. So would like Bernie Sanders, if you were to like in an interview, just offhandedly refer offhandedly refer to him as a populist, would he stop and correct you, or would he like what's where? where? I'm not directly sure about that, but that's a really good question because that's kind of the def- that's what sparked me to do my dissertation about Sinn Fein. So in Ireland, right, Sinn Fein are often called a populist party, and Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil, their two their two um, rivals in government, they. They always want to label Sinn Féin as a populist party because of the because of the negative connotations that comes with it. Oh, you're like Trump, you're like Le Pen, all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But and even in Sinn Féin, they have a very intellectual um, uh, frontline uh, spokesperson called Ono Brin, who's a, who's a one. He's he's I think he's probably the most competent politician on housing policy in Ireland. He's literally written three books about it. He's right. so articulate, so intelligent. And he's he's an avowed populist. He has spoken about it, written about it, gone on po- gone podcasts about it. I actually um, gave him a ring for an interview that I didn't use in the dissertation, so I can talk about it. But he, when I, mm. I apologized, I was like, "I'm sorry um, for asking you about populism again," because I know that you talk about it all so often. And he goes, "Not a problem. I'm very happy to bang this drum." <laughs> so 
He said okay. he thinks populism is a good it can be a good thing because mm. because like what I was saying at the start, it isn't anything in itself. It's a tool to be utilized. So he sees it that Sinn Fein can use it as a good. So in the same way that um Podemos in Spain did after the crash and Syriza in Greece, if you remember those guys that took over and um, when Greece was going down the toilet and they owed all the money to the EU, they elected mm-hmm. this left wing populist party called Syriza. It didn't end up working out so well because just of the, the situation, nobody could really yeah. fix it. They were kind of just stuck. But um, mm-hmm. he's he, he thinks that, yes, it can be a tool to be used for that. And I'm happy to call myself a populist and I'm happy to say that Sinn Féin is a populist party. But <laughs> when he says this, a journalist ring up the Sinn Féin press office and ask, so is Sinn Féin a populist party based on what Ono Brin says? And they say, no, <laughs> we're not a pop- oh. we're not a populist party. <laughs> and is that is that does that then speak to that like a you know, for want of a better term, a branding issue, yes. right? They don't want that. Exactly. You know, yes. tainted word. Yeah. Because okay. Ono Brin is is having these conversations and very lofty intellectual left-wing conversations. So do you remember that lecture that we talked to about um, uh, financial capital? Yes. He interviewed him and they talk in such terms that you may, you need a PhD in all sorts of things to be able to understand that. Just understand even to them. find the yeah. download button. Exactly. Something yeah. about- <laughs> it's, 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 it's really high level, really intellectual shit. Like, yeah, uh, I, I barely got there and whatever, whatever fragments of an ability I would be have to listen to it. I've lost since then. It fell out of my head again. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that's, it's it's really difficult to translate. So if you're someone that's not really inclined to vote for Sinn Féin, but you're thinking they may be the best worst option out there, as yeah. you know, most people come to when it comes to a ballot box vote. Um, yeah. But then you're like, oh, fuck, populist. Oh, no, that's bad. Donald Trump's yeah, a populist. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to vote for them. So they just don't want that, little, like, as you say, that branding. They don't want that. Yeah. They don't want that stone in the Snickers bar <laughs> in your memory. <laughs> Just think, yeah. Oh, I re- Steve, did you when you were a kid? Did you get stone in your Snickers? Because that sounds like an old idiom that I've never heard. Before. I just made it up. I was thinking, uh, like, yeah, oh yeah. What what would you hear about that would put you off eating a Snickers bar? And I was like, oh, I heard my friend John had a stone in a Snickers bar once. The time. old stone in the Snickers. So just something about it sounds so like so wise and colloquial. <laughs> I just invented that idiom. You're welcome. I did oh hear, God, I did see, I did see on Twitter about a comedian in Los Angeles who got shrimp in his uh, packet of uh, crispy crunch cereal. What? Like actual, you know, fish. What's going on in that factory? Well, that's what he tried to say and he tweeted at them and they refused to engage with him because they thought he was pranking them. So then he got even uh, more leverage out of it. Anyway. Um, yeah. And he's pot and he's populist. <laughs> no, he's Pokemon or he's soup. I, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, he's Sorry. He, uh, yes. So what I mean to say is that, yes, you're right. Sinn Féin don't want to, they don't, they don't want to have to have these long conversations because when it comes down to, to, to political messaging, you just want to keep it simple and keep it sharp. And yeah. that actually leads into, into the thing about, well, if all parties want to keep messaging simple and sharp, and part of that is to say, we're good guys, they're bad guys. Yeah. And all political parties do that. Does that mean that all political parties are kind of populist? You've been holding on to that one for so long. I've been holding on to that one. (laughs) Um, 
Maybe a little bit. Yeah, and that's or is that just or is that just a product of of how political discourse is going in general, where it is a, it's. I don't think so. No, like I mean, we everyone always wants to think that their tar- time is the worst time and worse than all other times. Yeah. But like political communications has always been a fucking shit show. <laughs> I mean, but our time is the worst time. I mean, obviously, our time is the worst time. All those other. I wasn't around before, so yeah. it didn't bother me then. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so then, yeah, it is. But then, if. Is it even worth talking about populism then if everyone is a bit populist? Well, we got, we fucking, this is an episode, a topic that we are already 33 minutes into. So I hope it's worth talking about. I think so. Because I'm not starting over. I, okay, you, think, I, you just did a master's on it. I just did a master's on it. And I want to do a kind of PhD on something similar. But I, I, you, you are a devil for punishment. I know. It's just, yeah. I think I'm thinking to myself, what's a great job where you don't have to, you know, do very much and you get to sit down and it's, you get to read stuff you like. And then I'm like, oh, PhD, without thinking about, oh, what about all them people that look like they're nearly about to die because they're doing a PhD? <laughs> I just forget that. Or all the, you know, the, like the, I see Donald fucking putting in 18 hour days to try and, you know, do the best, you know, he can do. I was like, no, don't don't yeah. think about that. Just think about, you know, you, sitting, you there, sitting in a library the reading a book. That's Thomas it. You can't, shake, <laughs> you can't shake the imagery of you in some comfy slippers by a fireplace with a pipe. Exactly. And a nice going, big leather bound What correspondence shmur. will I write to my fellow professors today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're writing to me. What news from the front? Because I just I'm a poor lowly peasant. Yeah. Who's been conscripted into whatever's happening? Yeah. You got to do gra- you got to do graphic design for the for the fascists on the front. Yeah. On the front. <laughs> Um, Boris Johnson's a big populist A big old populist head on him Okay let's talk about um, Yeah modern examples of, of, of populists Okay so, so actually before okay. before we do that I had a train of thought but I lost it there um, When we said is it worth talking about populism It is because yeah. while every okay. political party In democracy may be a little bit populist yeah. Just like every political party in democracy at hope is some way democratic, <laughs> it is still worthwhile because there are some that are way more populist than others, and that that right. that makes a difference and that has an impact on on, okay. on politics. So it, it is worthwhile to study it, to know more about it, and to understand what what these political parties might be or movements might be doing when they're being populist. Okay, so with that in mind, let's talk about some of these modern populist um, uh, identities. And I guess Boris Johnson first. Sure. Vegan sausage rolls. Oh, God. That, that's, Vegan sausage rolls. I can actually see myself in a coffin and he's like, what? he's slithering over it. Oh, <laughs> creepy. But I, I never would have um, considered him popular. Why not? I'm curious. I don't know because I, I don't, I didn't do a master's on it. <laughs> I know, but you said yourself you've but been most of my research you, on Boris Johnson goes into the YouTube and look trying to dig out the old clip of the vegan. interview with him on LBC Radio where he mentions Greg's and then eventually says vegan sausage rolls. <laughs> That's most of my Boris Johnson research. But I I do I guess because like it when you think about it it does make sense especially like around all of his discourse around Brexit um would probably have been quite like populist. Yeah. centered and especially what you're saying earlier about like the you know, focusing on the other to undercut. Yeah, the, you know the 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 message and Im- immigration was a massive part of that. Yeah, they did. Uh, for, they definitely they had both. So they they created the elite as even though the the Tories were in government since twenty eleven <laughs> or twenty ten actually. Elite as they get. <laughs> yes, they are literally lords and fucking dames and fucking all yeah. them things. Yeah, but still, they said the elite were the EU, and they're the reason that. That the, that, that the people can survive and thrive. But then mm. they did, you're right, they they took a little bit of the bad part as well. The um, 
the uh, or the worst part, if you want to say it like that, the um, the out they did point out outgroups and stuff. I mean, Nigel Farage is fucking peak British populist in yeah. terms of EU, but the Tories definitely dabble and they continue. It actually, do you know the way they're still fucking talking about Brexit? Like they're still fighting yeah. over the Northern Protocol. I, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're being accused and probably rightly so of wanting to keep the issue alive so that they can continue to blame the EU for the problems that, that happened to the UK. Uh, okay. And sure, that probably is a little bit true because now you've created this dichotomy where you have the opposing sides of the UK and the EU, but also mm -hmm. you are still making fucking mountains out of molehills <laughs> so yeah. you can distract people from the other problems that are going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that does sound very populist, doesn't it? Yeah. If you talk about it. Okay, so uh, do we want to talk about other populist movements in Europe first and before we move around the world yeah well, like who else is of note who else is worth chatting about we talked about um, so you have the Le Pen movement the um, Front National I think they're called in France um, France is France is quite often a hotbed for populism um, like I said they've been around so they're proper exclusionary outgroup populists they say Islam is an evil corrupt thing and and it's threatening the sanctity of the, the secular French state and we need to stop people being allowed to wear headscarves outside and all that which you know it's fucking horseshit <laughs> there's, yeah, of course. there's not like, granted France may have shitty immigration policies that creates ghettos of people that have different skin skin colours but that's because of the fucking shitty you know welfare system and, and government policy it's not because of those individuals it's not the person in yeah. the ghetto but look yeah. you can fucking go blue in the face trying to discount the populists own fucking theories the point is that and then when they get you they get you because now you're talking about what they want you to talk about <laughs> right. which helps inflate their power and all that mm -hmm. um, but it, then they also have the yellow vest thing that went on recently um, in backlash to Macron so Macron wanted to bring in uh, some taxes, carbon taxes, I think, and increase the price of fuel at the pump. That sparked a massive ground root, ground ground swell of um, of populist anger. It was called uh, of people organising in yellow vests and basically causing havoc to yeah. to highlight this issue. So that was that was a populist one. Um, mm -hmm. I think there's interest, like I mentioned, Syriza in Greece, but Spain have a similar left wing pop, uh, populist group called Podemos. They were created after the crash to try and bring some left wing ideology to the to the mix. Um, they're not exclusionary; they're very inclusionary, um, but they're all about using populist messages of us and them to bring forward like a, a socialist politics. Um, right. Not successful so far. Right. What what's okay on on that note? Sorry to interrupt. What what would be the the most successful populist Trump movement, Trump, Trump, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did the nearly impossible thing. So we'll we'll hop over to him now. Trump yeah. captured the Republican Party. Um, we forget about how important the stage that was. But like up until effectively like a couple of weeks before the election, around this time now, four years or eight years ago, was it when he got elected first? No, five years. When ago. Trump got elected first. Five years first. Ago. Yeah, five. Five. Yeah. Um, he. Jeez, when you said eight, I thought I just lost three years. Of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, because it ties into how long the show has been going. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. nice. Uh, even at the end, when he when that pussy um, grabbing by the pussy video got leaked, the Republican, the top line Republican Party stood back from him. So even though mm -hmm. he had taken over, got the nomination, he still hadn't fully captured the party. But then yeah. when he won the election, he basically all Republicans had to bow down to him, and they followed him, and they followed his his fucking mad crazy discursive whatever the fuck you want to call it style and mm. they still do that is the republican party now he has taken yeah. it over he has solidified it they just scrape by by the skin of their teeth to avoid fucking taking in fucking proper anti-democratic fascism as part of the thing which is where some populism can go 
Um, yeah. But still, he continues to be there. He continues to like people want to Im- like Republicans want to imitate him all the time in every in elections all the time. So it's he's definitely the most successful one, I think. Mm. Um, could we take a second to talk about because we keep like hopping back and forth between different yeah. examples of like left wing populism, right wing populism. As best as you can do it, can you kind of define what are the key differences between like a left-wing populist movement and a right-wing populist movement? Okay. Just so we can keep them clear in our head as best you can, because I assume it's not easy. It, it, it is actually, because that's the whole thing. We go back to the very start about the definition. It's thin. So populism isn't its own thing. Populism mm. is a tool used by other political movements to, to, to push their main goal. So if you're a right-wing populist, you, you could be a generally right-wing party <laughs> and, mm. and that that comes with whatever definition you want to give it so pro-business pro-market um less less state spending less state introduction like the general right-wing definitions and then the yeah. same with left-wing like um the reverse of that <laughs> um right. the, the difference being that when it comes to adding an exclusionary outgroup that isn't necessarily part of being a populist that's if that makes sense yeah. So you can be a non-racist right-wing populist party. Sure. And you can be a racist populist left-wing party. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when so you a lot of a lot of the the answer to this question does just come down to the difference between those two ideologies. Precisely. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah. 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 So um if like let me yeah, if you think about it the difference between a populist left-wing group and a non-populist left-wing movement. So think about the Labour Party after Keir Starmer took over or before when mm. Miliband and Brown and Blair were in charge. Those those are very non-populist center yeah, ground. Yeah, yeah, very like, well, we are going to explain our policies the best way we can because we think that they're the best thing for the people in the country. But we're not saying that the reason that we have to do this is because there is an evil elite. We're just saying that there are problems in society that need to be addressed. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. It's, it's... Whereas Jeremy yeah, Corbyn... It, would say that but also says the reason those those divisions exist in society is because there's an elite that want to have them there right that's what makes it and then a right-wing political actor would say the same thing yeah that's so that, that's so what it is that was going to be my next question on similarities yeah it, it really does come down to those like you create a people who are pure yeah. and good and you have an elite who are bad and want to step on them Right, a lot of a lot of like the colloquial definition, and this is where people get confused. And mm. as part of my my dissertation was to interview journalists to understand what they consider the definition of populism to be. I interviewed um, eight journalists, and I got eight different answers. <laughs> um, wow. But one a common one, and to be honest, it is actually the wrong one. Is that a populist <laughs> wants to be popular? Right, because that isn't a definition of a populist politician. Because that's a definition of a politician. If you're not a popular politician, you can't get yeah. reelected. So you're yeah, not a good yeah, yeah. politician. What politician yeah. sets out to be an unpopular politician? Yeah, bad one, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> or not bad, but like an unsuccessful. Yeah, the ones you don't hear about. <laughs> the ones, yeah, 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 not necessarily bad, but yeah, unsuccessful. Okay, so what, like, what were some other answers you got then that were? Uh, like you want to, um, you, you start, you propose things that involve spending loads of money before election time, because that'll get you reelected and stuff like that. Or, or you're like, oh, well, I'll, we'll just spend 20 billion on fixing the housing crisis, even mm. though, but without, the, without explaining where the 20 billion comes from. Like granted, populists do say things like that on occasion, just like every, but every other political organization can and does. 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't sound unique. To that's it. just, yeah, broken promises at elections. Like, that's politics, yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah. that's where, yeah, that's not a useful definition of populism because that's, that's, so, that's so multifaceted and you can apply it to anything. Yeah. And yeah, that, yeah. And that's, that comes down to, and when you're saying that you, and you have in mind someone that you don't like and you want to call them populist. Yeah. And actually going back to Sinn Féin, um, what I found when I did content analysis, which is where you look at like a load of articles over a set, a set time from certain publications and you do blah, blah, mm. blah. Um, I found that the people who already didn't like Sinn Féin are the one for the reasons that you might not like Sinn Féin because of republicanism and the North sure. and violence and association with unification. They call mm. them populist all the time. Right. So they're picking it up and they're, they're throwing it at them because they just don't like them anyway. Yeah. Whereas, and, they, they, and it's, it's a derogatory exactly, term in yeah. their mind. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Um, I know we've kind of been talking in generalities of very kind of what AMI style um, kind of, you know, splainers about what populism is. I thought for the end, we could, now that we have that context, maybe talk a little bit about your masters. Like what was your angle? What were you hoping to learn? Sure. And how, like what li- what your journey was from the start to how it ended up going for you at the end and so that kind of thing. I When I wanted to do my, my, my dissertation, I was really interested in finding out, in th- I, I was interested in, in finding, in figuring out or not figuring out, but like, learning more about what journalists, why journalists write about what they write about and what they might be thinking as they come to, to certain conclusions and decisions. So Regarding populism? Anything, actually, before that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I was looking at two. I was looking at opinion polls, um, how they use opinion polls in their writing and and like why they might repeat things incorrectly just because they want to talk about something else. Um, mm. And then also I was interested because there is... There's a couple of newspapers in Ireland that are very anti Sinn Féin, always have been, and they, they're the ones that most commonly call them populist. And I kind of, I thought that, yeah, oh, well, populism seems to be across the world a slur that you use to, to use it as a label to, to, to ride a political organization that you don't like. Um, and that I, I could see that happening in Irish writing with Sinn Féin. Right. And I wanted to see if I could operationalize it in the academic sense to turn it into like a hypothesis and test it and all that. So yeah, I went for it. And like nobody, when I was, when I was pitching the idea, the lecturers were like, yeah, interesting. Might be good. Might be shit. Who knows? <laughs> like every other idea. They weren't like, oh, that's a totally shit idea. And then I, yeah, yeah I knew that I was hoping that I, I could get some, some interesting journalists to talk to me. Um, I, I interviewed them on the basis of anon- anonymity so that they could be free and open about talking about themselves and their colleagues and their employers maybe about what what the what the opinions were so I, yeah. I can't tell you who i interviewed but i did get a, a good range across tabloid across uh across age group across gender across all the different things that you'd want and mm. generally they all kind of concluded that Sinn Féin were probably a populist party but it wasn't as big a deal as what some people want to make it out to be that's what i got from the interviews mm-hmm. that like they're a rising party and that people are are the they're politi- like Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil want to always call them populist. And actually, so do Labour, who are their left-wing rivals. They mm-hmm. always want to call them um, populist to try and set themselves out as being the the stalwart examples of non-populism, of, of, of safety, if you want to say that. Right. Um, and did they, acknowledge their, did they acknowledge themselves at any point that, you know, populism necessarily isn't a bad term? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that, and did... Do you think that maybe over time it would evolve away 
from being a bad term? No. Or is it just like that? It'll always be the case. That'll always be the case. Um, populism will always be seen as a, as a simplification because it is. It, yeah. it, it is a way to simplify politics to make it easier to understand. The difference being that um, what's what's that cliche about conspiracies? Just because, just because you think every what is it? Just because you think everyone is out to get you doesn't mean they aren't. <laughs> what's the definition of paranoia or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Like yes, that is an easy way to describe politics. But to be honest, there are certain things in all in all democratic political societies that involve decisions being taken to favor one group over another. So it is very easy to spin that and turn that into populism. The difference, the, the problem is with how you how far you push it and how 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 willing you are to to not actually back it up like if you if you just spin politics as this populist dilemma between good and evil like without actually saying here and here's my policy to fix it that's not very useful whereas i don't think you can accuse Sinn Féin of that anymore because they do have a whole bank of policies the the problem is is that if you don't like them policies it's not useful to just say that's that's populist (laughs) right that's not like sure it is but why is that a bad thing? <laughs> you know, yeah. you're not following that second part up. Yeah. I'm learning that populism on its own is just kind of like, uh, just talking about like discourse, just talking about language. Yes. Just using the word populist, populist or populism on its own is kind of redundant or not redundant, but kind, kind of useless because you need that extra context before you know anything really substantial about what you're describing yes and that's what you're talking about yes and that is that's not widely understood so yeah we kind of have it ingrained in our i mean i didn't really understand it before this podcast yeah it's like yeah we we kind of just had this knee-jerk thing it's like oh well the the smart newspapers that we read that we read they tell us populism is bad therefore populism is bad and then whenever Mm. we hear about a group or or a thing being called populist you know most people may just ignore it and and look at that party anyway but maybe one in ten go oh populist bad well then i won't look into that party and I'll, I'll think of them yeah. as bad guys. Yeah. So it is, it does get, it gets thrown around too easily as a, as, as a slur. Yeah. Rather than as, as an actual way to appraise and understand political discourse. Interesting. So do you, you're willing to go back in at a PhD level <laughs> into no, this topic? No, not to do populism. No, I'm done with, I'm oh, done, okay, I'm done with okay. populism. Yeah. Okay. Like uh, populism is interesting, but it, like, as we say, it ultimately boils down to yeah, but so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what? But so I would, I would, I do still, I, I still find it fascinating, to, fascinating to think where public opinion comes from, mm. and how that fits into the media and how journalists choose to write about what they write about. And I think one of the most interesting things coming up in Ireland is going to be unification, because right. actually just this weekend Sinn Fein had their Ardesh. Um, Mary Lou Macdonald herself says we want Sinn Fein to be the largest party, and I want to be Taoiseach. And the thing about Sinn Féin that we mentioned, I don't know if we fully mentioned it, but in, in our episode about Northern Ireland, but Sinn Féin mm. exists for unification of Ireland, North and South. That's what they're about. So when they use populism, it's for that. Right. Even, and I mean, I don't, like, it is a bit of a mean thing to say because there may be genuine socialists and left-wing thinkers in Sinn Féin that see it as a as a mechanism to make Ireland a fair, more egalitarian society. And they want policies to do that, to fix housing, to fix health. That's mm. all well and good. But the people who founded Sinn Féin and run Sinn Féin only want unification. And they will sacrifice everything else for unification, is my opinion. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. I think if they were offered uh, on one side, 
on two plates they got um so you can have an egalitarian left-wing free um ireland unified in a hundred years or you can have a unified ireland tomorrow with the same shit that it has now they would mm-hmm. they would pick that one <laughs> yeah they would pick the one tomorrow yeah and fix it forward and pop everything we spoke about in this episode it seemed like populism is like a, a vehicle for that yes. kind of yeah that kind of movement, that kind of discourse, and ultimately so, that kind of result. Yeah, like when when we were talking about Ono Brin, the the housing guy, he, like he is a, a socialist thinker. He's 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 a left wing thinker. Um, mm-hmm. He definitely does want a fairer egalitarian society. But at the same time, like not to put words in his mouth or ideas in his head, I think unification is still his priority. Right. He thinks that that is the best way to achieve those goals. Hmm. So yeah, that's and then. If you don't, if you if you're an Irish journalist or an Irish politician who thinks that that's not important, you'll just go Sinn Fein are populists. <laughs> They're a bunch <laughs> yeah, of populist arseholes. Yeah, and just dismiss and yeah. dismiss them and their ideas, and which is a narrow, which is a way to narrow the conversation and make it less interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think. yeah. yeah. And that, that, that that's hilarious because that is by accusing someone else of being populist and of simplifying the message. All you're doing yeah. is simplifying the message simplifying again. Simplifying it. Yeah. yeah so again, it's just a compounding. Yeah. A, a, yeah, you're compounding the problem. Right. Okay, so key takeaway from this episode in general, if you are reading or listening or here and just basically come across the word populist, yes. your ears should pick up and just start like scanning around it yes. for what the context exactly. of that think, conversation is. So think two things. Number one, why is this person wanting to call them people populist? So, mm. and then the second one, yeah, they may have their own reason for that. They may be trying to label an opponent as such in a negative way. And then if they're not, Still look at it, number two, look at that party, look at what else they do. Because just because they're populist doesn't mean they are populist. But then even if they are populist, they have a second thing. And that's their main thing. (laughs) Right. Because populism is never the main thing, apart from Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who's like pure populism. Yeah. Like the worst possible way. Tell me what what Donald Trump stands for. And, you know, I'll give you a fucking bazillion dollars. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Apart from being Donald Trump. Aside from Trump. Aside from Trump. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, that's good. I'm glad we have a key takeaway from that. That was a good sign. Yeah. A bit rambly, I suppose, but we got No, there. no, no, but that, that's the nature of the beast. And luckily we had the soundboard to kind of help, you know, set the tone and keep us on rails and just, you know, move the whole thing along at a clip. Are we playing something? I'm just trying to keep you in suspense. Which one do you, did you think? I've got my finger hovering over right now. The fart noise? <laughs> no. It's the it's the long drawn out. <laughs> Those two don't pair well together, do they? Bum soup. Adam Driver's <laughs> eating good bum soup. Ah, <laughs> uh, shall we end it there? Yeah, sure. Why not? Should have just put like an ending button that's just us spouting off shite <laughs> we, can, we can go go do our own thing but I guess it's different now because yeah I guess you could follow us on on Instagram or Twitter if you are, for the last few yeah. weeks and months but if you're going to do that you should take the time to tell us what you would like to hear about because we still yeah, have a couple exactly of episodes it. open still a few left still have some ideas uh, but there's not that many left last episode you said there was like seven or eight by your, by your accounting no, but there's not there's less there's, there's four after this yeah, and we already have ideas for even two, um, and I guess the last two. one. Yeah, yeah, the last one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to get in, John, it could be a topic suggestion. We've gotten a few topic suggestions actually, um, or even just like a comment. Like it might not warrant a whole topic, but just I don't know. Yeah. We can just talk about it at the end of an episode or something. Who you know, 
What the fuck? Doesn't matter. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Tell us if you've learned anything on this journey. Please. <laughs> Please. Like, I mean, that's why we're here. So if you, you yeah. know, we've, we've definitely changed and developed our thinking. Yeah. Like I have. We've gone through. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. This is like political puberty for me. This is on a whole other. Well, I mean, yeah. It made me realize that I was still only a, a political fucking teenage dork, Kevin and Perry. <laughs> if anything, yeah, <laughs> I still just, I, I know I still am. <laughs> yeah. And I, oh, that's the point. Yeah. I think, yeah, the, the, it's not like we're ending this because like, and that we did it. <laughs> we finished. We it's like Bilbo Baggins politics. at the end of like uh, the there and back again, full stop. We did it. No. <laughs> Or maybe, I don't know, tune in for the last episode. Maybe we will. <laughs> maybe we will. Um, but until then. My wife. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Rishi. Thanks. Yeah. All right. There's no uh, outro music this time. It's just this. That's with me, Steve. That's with me. I am dancing. Yeah. Doing a chair dancing like I'm at a wedding or something. Or, or a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got a good eight seconds left. To finish it with a dab. We both dabbed. <laughs> this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.